loan officers. Join the mortgage calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation. Welcome, everyone. My name is Kyle Hershey. I'm the COO of the Mortgage Calculator, joined here by our president, Nick Hershey, and our sales manager, Jose Gonzalez. This is our loan officer training series where every Tuesday and Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, we go through a new training topic for loan officers. Now, today's topic is going to be the differences between Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So taking it to the basics here with conventional loans. So our sales manager, Jose Gonzalez, with 28 years of experience as both a loan officer and a realtor, is going to break it down for us here today. So you can go ahead and take it away here, Jose. All right. Fannie Mae versus Freddie Mac. Almost sounds like a boxing match. Let's put on our gloves right now. So what exactly are we talking about, right? So let's break this down a little bit before we get into it. Agency loans, right? Agency loans are you have government-sponsored enterprises that handle a segment of agency loans. Basically, the conventional segment of agency loans are handled by government Sponsored uh, enterprises, which are GSEs, also known as GSEs, which are a quasi because there's, you know, they can be anything. In this case, we're talking about Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, uh, two GSEs that are out there. Quasi, notice quasi is the important word, governmental entities established to enhance the flow of credit to specific sectors of the U.S. economy. Agency loans are issued or guaranteed by government agencies. Right. So in this case, we're talking Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, VA and USDA. As you know, when you go to my loan officer training, we talk about the agency segment before we talk about our amazing non-QM offerings. Right. So Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae are the two GSEs established to provide liquidity, stability and affordability to the conventional agency loan market by providing liquidity, basically ready access to funds on reasonable terms to banks, SNLs, and mortgage lenders. There, we're breaking it down in you know real theory here by purchasing their loans. They basically create the secondary market for conventional agency loans. That's really important to note, especially on a day like today when you have secondary market changes. So, they are, as I was mentioning, the secondary market for the purchase of conventional agency loans. Each has their own specific set of guidelines and obviously an algorithm in their AUS resulting in different outcomes. You know, Just this week, I've had multiple meetings with MLOs to disclose files on agency loans, conventional agency loans, where they were able to obtain the automated underwriting approval on one system, but not on the other. And P, which is the Freddie Mac system, uh, seems to be the more lenient one, as we'll get into in a minute. Now, conventional agency loans, as we all know, tend, not always, but tend to have lower interest rates than other types of mortgages. However, if you're attending our daily rates show in the morning lately, 
We've had cases where the DSCR loans are beating out the agency investment loans. So not always exact. So who exactly is Fannie Mae? Again, Fannie Mae, which is a federal national mortgage association, creates secondary market by purchasing residential mortgage loans according to a specific set of guidelines. Their Fannie Mae guidelines, which you can find in their Fannie Mae selling guide. That's where they break it down. They even have the Ask Polly feature uh, that you can go in there, type your your keyword in the search bar and they'll you know give you a bunch of options they also have the fannie mae website for the consumers to go to their aus is do or du depending if you're a lender or broker they have as low as three percent down options through the home ready program the conforming loan limits when you hear about conforming loan limits it's going to be a conforming loan conforming to either fannie mae guidelines or freddie mac guidelines but the word conforming is the one that came out of that. In this case, 726200 but it does vary by zip code and census tract. So you got some areas like in California, L.A., for example, which is over $900,000, I think a million dollars, something like that for a high balance conforming loan. Freddie, again, secondary, creates a secondary market by purchasing residential mortgage. Again, according to a specific set of guidelines, the Freddie Mac guide that you can find right there, guide.freddiemac.com. Not as user-friendly as the Fannie Mae selling guide, which has the Ask Polly feature kind of deal, but still you can find what you're looking for. It was created in 1970 to expand the secondary market for conventional agency loans, basically increasing competition and increasing, likewise, liquidity. One thing to note now, both both of these GSEs are under the conservatorship of the FHFA. So, you know, it's like they're operating under the auspices of the same governmental agencies. That's why you see a lot of these loan amounts similar, but their guidelines still are very dissimilar. Freddie Mac has 3% down through the Home Possible program, and Fannie has their 3% down. Freddie has AUS's LP, Loan Prospector, right? So they have Home Possible, and Fannie has Home Ready. Same. Now, what are some of the key differences between the two? This is what we got to really analyze, and I... I love that slide there. That's basically on 2008. <laughs> Throw that as a little comic relief. Trying to wake you all up out there in case I'm putting you to sleep. But Freddie Mac generally has a more has more flexible credit score requirements and a more flexible credit algorithm. You know, I, I see it all the time on the files when you get the automated approval on LP and you don't get it on you. Freddie Mac is more flexible with non-occupant co-borrowers. You know, Fannie is more restrictive with non-occupant co-borrowers. Freddie's renovation program, definitely more flexible, including with ADUs and manufactured homes. If you all noticed recently, we had our manufactured home training. Freddie's renovation program allows a manufactured home to have an ADU. But it has to be stick built, you know, can't be 
a manufactured home having like a little baby manufactured home behind it as an ADU. They're not, they're not going to take that. It has to be site built ADU, but in general, right? Freddie is more lenient with RSU restricted stock units to be used as qualifying income, much less restrictive than that. I mean, that's a real niche area, but you know, there's a lot going on for those that have that. And here's one really, really interesting one to note, right? Regarding gift donors, right? Real important here. With Fannie, the gift donor guidelines, basically you got to be blood relative or married, right? Grandma, mother, sister, brother, kind of a wife, in-laws, because they're your, you know, your spouse, uh, parents, right? They'll allow some of that in Fannie. Freddie will allow related individual with family-like ties to the borrower. Now, what does that mean? That's a, that's a mouthful. That means it's a very close friend, somebody who's there on the Christmas dinners, Thanksgiving dinners, somebody who you may take vacations with, you know, a really close friend that you can document by some letters of explanations and stuff like that from the donor. So keep that in mind. If you have a donor that's unrelated blood, unrelated with by blood, according to Fannie, but they're a family-like friend, very close friend, you can do it Freddie. Right. So that's another, that's real important. I've actually done one like that. Freddie allows interested party gift funds. Fannie doesn't, doesn't. Freddie allows interested party gift funds subject to interested party contribution limits based on the LTV usually. So typically it could be 3%. But note that you know Fannie doesn't allow that. Freddie does. So those are some pretty good uh, points there to know. Uh, highlights. Now we've got a few more here. Freddie, like I mentioned regarding the renovation loan, but just in general, Freddie Mac is much more flexible with ADUs and allowing the use of rental income from the ADU. Fannie's not. So you got to really look at it. Now, this is again, we're talking agency conventional here. We're not talking now QM. But just note, if you do have your full doc borrower with an ADU, not closing in an entity, not closing in an LLC, look to Freddie Mac, right? Because, you know, we have a lot of our uh, homeowners with ADUs nowadays. The appraisal waiver algorithm tends to be much looser you know, and less restrictive in uh, Freddie Mac than it does in Fannie Mae. You tend to get more the uh, appraisal waiver. They have a different name for it in LP. They don't call it appraisal waiver. Can't recall the name right now, but it is your appraisal waiver, basically what we're talking about. That's why it's some, you know, it's good if you think you should get it. Like if you have that low risk loan, you know, low LTV, high credit score, try to run it on both and see if you get that appraisal waiver because, you know, those appraisals are pretty, can be pretty difficult. So if you can get an appraisal waiver, by all means, simplify your life. Uh, oh, and here's another niche, but real important. Fannie has more flexible guidelines for closing in a trust. With Fred, with Fannie, you only gotta have to give part of the trust, and the title does not have to be in the name of the trust. 
with Freddie, you have to give them the whole agreement and you have to close in the name of the trust. So it's like, wow, talk about being opposite ends of the spectrum in a category. And we recently had a, a, a trust loan and it was not QN though, DSCR, but it was quite a mission uh, because of the trust. Freddie is also much more lenient with disputed accounts. In Freddie, if you get the approve, the accept, is, which is what they call it in Freddie, if you get the accept, uh, automatically you can forget about the disputed account. In Fannie, even if you get the approved eligible, you have to read the credit section of the findings to see what the findings tell you regarding the disputed account. It's either going to tell you, hey, we took them into consideration, you're good to go, don't worry about it, or it's going to tell you, hey, we weren't able to verify the information on the account. So even though you got an approved eligible, you have to downgrade your loan to manual underwrite, which there isn't any manual underwriting conventional, and or you have basically, in this case, you have to get rid of the disputed accounts by undisputing them and rerunning and, you know, that could raise all kinds of havoc to the borrower's credit score taking an account out of dispute status. So you got disputed accounts on a agency conventional loan, loan, prox, loan prospector is would be the, the best option. Obviously run both, but, you know, these are, notice we're highlighting certain pinch points in transactions that can easily be missed and disputed accounts in your credit report is one until you're under you and then it points them out to you, right? Uh, and the last two points, I didn't put them last. I guess this is what you would say last but not least, because I think these are probably disputed accounts. These last three points are probably the most important ones, the disputed accounts difference. And then these last two are just, you know, huge. Freddie calculates the deferred student debt payment. You're, you know, pretty, pretty much all student loans right now are in a deferred status. If not, you're always going to have some amount of deferred student loans out there. Well, Freddie calculates the payment on the deferred student loans because, yes, folks, you have to put a payment in the application for those student loans. Just because it says zero doesn't mean you're happy. And it says zero if the borrower has a $225,000 in student debt because they went up to the Northeast somewhere and incurred a whole bunch of debt. And now uh, they're trying to get that loan. Well, Freddie is half a percent of the balance as your monthly payment. And Fannie is 1%. That's a 100% difference. On Fannie, your payment's $2,250. Freddie, your payment's $1,125. It's like, wow. So if you're structuring your loan, that's a big difference. And especially unless your borrower makes, you know, a million dollars a year and is buying a $200,000 house, then you don't really, nothing's going to make a difference there. But that's usually not the case. They're usually going to get the best they can get. So, you know, structure accordingly. And the last one, last but definitely not least, this is one of the ones I love bringing up in my loan officer training when we're going over the lender guide, is self-employed borrowers. Freddie is super, super favorable. The the option to go to for your full doc self-employed borrowers closing in a personal name for a conforming loan that doesn't have any issues that will not allow it to close an agency, right? Then you're looking at Freddie Mac for sure. And why? Well, this is, I'm going to give you the clinical reason and then I'm going to break it down for you a little bit so you understand. It is more favorable for the self-employed borrower because Freddie allows the use of ordinary income 
versus distributions when the distributions are lower than the ordinary income on the Schedule K-1. Now, that's, that's quite a lot coming at you, right? So let me break it down a little bit for you. Typically, your self-employed borrowers, now we're talking about an S-Corp borrower or a borrower that receives a K-1, right? Uh, in the K-1, there's going to be two sections. One section is going to be the ordinary income claimed, and the other section is going to be the distributions that they actually took out of the business, right? Fannie Mae says, and and usually distribution is box one, two. I mean, income is box one, two, or three, depending what type of income. And distributions is box 16D as in distributions, right? So Fannie says that if in our scenario here, $100,000 in ordinary income claimed, $20,000 in distributions, right? You'd think, all right, 100 grand, that's the income. Not necessarily. If you're going Fannie, Fannie says your income is twenty thousand because the distributions were twenty thousand. And Fannie goes with the lower of the distributions or the ordinary income claimed on the Schedule K one. But Freddie says, well, we'll let you use the higher amount, the income that you claimed at a hundred thousand, if you can prove that show that your business has liquidity. So Freddie does have a liquidity calculator, just like they have their income calculator, which I think is a Form 91 versus the Fannie Form 1084. Fannie has, Freddie has their liquidity calculator. You pop in assets minus liabilities. As long as you have a positive number, the business has liquidity. And you can use the ordinary income versus the distributions. And you're going to have $100,000 income for your calculation versus $20,000. And you'll have a happy closing. You don't want to get to underwriting. Now remember this point and then have the underwriter counter you with your income substantially lower. And now you're running, having to, you know, switch to Freddie and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, just avoid the headache and, you know, do your due diligence. But definitely uh, that is the, my one favorite point on the differences. That's why I save the best for last. I don't see any questions there. You know what? I have a question, sure. Jose. So why does it feel like everybody's so focused on Fannie? Everybody wants to run DU. You never really hear people mm -hmm. talking about running LP yeah, and stuff. Why, why Marketing. Well, Fannie's been around longer. Freddie's like the little brother that was brought on to keep Fannie in check. It was brought on in 1970, you know, with the purpose of basically increasing competition. Right, but Fannie was has been around and already established. It's sort of like why do people ask for a band-aid when they really want an adhesive bandage? Right? It's just like the name that has been synonymous with conventional loans for so long. And D and even though I think DU came in at a later date, DU wasn't around when in 1970 when Fannie <laughs> was formed. They were still manually underwriting all their stuff back then. But it's just marketing, you know, name recognition, I guess. You know, that's really what it boils down to. But really, uh, you're leaving money on the table if you're not looking at these differences and trying to structure your deal but with all of the available resources that, that you have. You know, you have two conduits for conventional loans 
you know, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, and they have a lot of differences, and we should make sure that we are uh, doing a good analysis. Uh, and, you know, we're giving you main points here, pinch points that can come and bite you, you know. If you stick to just these right here, you're going to really capitalize on more opportunities. Absolutely. All right. Well, I don't see any questions there, so I think we can wrap it up. Remember, everyone, we do this every Tuesday and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. So we have some new topics for next week that we're going to go through. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Jose. And we will see you our next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for the next episode of the Loan Officer Training Series with the Mortgage Calculator. Have a great night, everyone. Thank Thank you, everybody. everybody. Loan officers, join the mortgage calculator as an MLO for unlimited mortgage leads and up to 250 BPS compensation.